This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. I'm Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. This is Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're checking in with Henry Drews. He is the former Northwest Minnesota fisheries manager, now retired, now just an outdoor adventure person. Uh, Henry, welcome back to the show. Oh, it's good to talk to you again, Kevin. So what was it like having all this time to just do what you wanted in your first year of retirement? Well, you know, it, it's kind of cliche when you talk to people that retire that they're just so busy they don't know what to do next, and there's some truth to that. But, you know, I found ways to keep busy visiting family and some fishing ventures and a lot of bird hunting this fall and, and uh, you know, most recently some snow shoveling. <laughs> yes. Well, for all the people waiting for ice fishing season, this heavy, wet snow is not going to help. No, you know, we were just getting that 6 to 10 inch mark on a lot of lakes, you know, and it was looking like real good ice. I sure hope this uh the system that comes through isn't going to turn those those lakes into slush, you know. That's going to be a wait and see. We got some real cold weather coming. You know, maybe that'll lock things up, but uh, kind of bad timing for heavy wet snow. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's uh not not, not good news certainly. Uh, had you been out doing any ice fishing yet? No, Kevin, actually, I've been uh, maximizing my time afield with uh, hunting pheasants. I've been to South Dakota and North Dakota several times, and last week, as, as recent as last week, and so my focus has been on keeping my dogs happy and, and uh, chasing uh, rooster pheasants. Where do you uh, do your pheasant hunting specifically? Uh, specifically, uh, South Dakota and North Dakota. Okay. No, I'm kidding you. Okay. Um, I... I <laughs> I hunt in that uh, Webster area in eastern South Dakota, and then uh, I also go far out to near Mobridge, and then out in North Dakota, I hunt uh, up in northwest North Dakota, up by Crosby. So those are the, the general areas where I spend my time, and um, it was a good year, um, very good year. Bird numbers were bouncing back nice from the drought a couple of years ago. Lots of hunters and um, good success and uh just a great time um but there you know on the flip side this weather that we're dealing with with that heavy wet snow has brought some ice storms to eastern south dakota north dakota and folks out there are pretty worried that this storm could have significant impacts on the pheasant numbers okay well that's uh yeah it's the weather is such a factor in everything good bad or otherwise yeah the, the positive for us is that you know this is the the snow we get is the moisture we need to keep our rivers and our lake levels nice, you know, going into the, into the spring and summer. And, you know, we, we all saw really low lake levels and river levels two years ago. And that brings with it a lot of its own problems. So 
So if, if there's a the glass half full, is it the moisture we need to take care of the resources that we cherish up here in fishing Paul Bunyan country? So um, for those uh, who who live in our neck of the woods and love pheasant hunting, that's it's it's we have to make that trip. We got turkeys here now, but we don't have pheasants. Yeah, you know, there's there's some turkeys over by Detroit Lakes, you know, which is a couple hours away. But pretty much, if you're a Minnesota turkey hunter, you're gonna you're gonna head to the southwest part of the state uh, to hunt pheasants. That is, and or you know, go to eastern South Dakota, eastern North Dakota. Um, and take advantage of, of really good bird populations and, and abundant public land out there. You know, if you live here and you're an upland hunter, it's rough grouse and woodcock. What uh, is it uh, about the, you, you mentioned some of the things, but why pheasant uh, population so strong there and not here? What do we need more of? Uh, I think you must be referring to Bemidji. You know, yeah. we're in the woods. We get deep snow. And there's not much agriculture, uh, you know, around Beltrami County. You know, yeah. there is some to the west. But it's those combinations of factors that restrict the ability for pheasants to live in any numbers up here. And as you go west, you've got, you know, large wetlands with cattail sloughs where they winter, abundant agriculture, which is their food. And then you also have more um, grassland habitat, which is important for their nesting. So those are the three components that make for pheasant habitat. And, you know, you start getting into that just west of the Red River Valley or up on the Coteau in, in northeastern South Dakota. So, um, you know, we just don't have those ingredients here. Um, you know, our, our habitats and the biome we're in favor the rough grouse and the woodcock, and, and they offer some pretty pretty outstanding uh, bird hunting opportunities also. Absolutely. Uh, what, what is it that uh, you like about pheasant hunting? You know, it's the open country. It's it's like being on a treadmill of grass. Uh, the exercise and the in the visualization of your dog work. Uh, we have a couple of really really good uh, bird dogs. We have a wire haired pointing griffin and a wire haired visla. And to watch them work in that open country and they're pointing dogs, and to pin a pheasant down and point at it and then walk up there and have that explosion coming up out of the grass of the cattails. You know, it's like you never get tired of that. And at the end of the day, hopefully you have a couple of birds in your bag that are exceptionally good eating, and you've walked five to seven miles. You know, you've got tremendous exercise. Uh, you know, it's the whole scene. Big country, dog work, and uh, and the wing shooting. Did you go hunting for anything else this fall? I hunted waterfowl in South Dakota a little bit. I did some deer hunting. As many of your listeners, you know, I had a, I had a tough deer season. Um, didn't didn't get a deer yet, you know, but maybe there's some opportunity coming up here soon. Um, but uh, I I have to have to be honest. I I just don't put the energy in on deer that I do on birds. So, um, oh, and uh, in terms of other things, I hunted. I go out early into the Dakotas in September, and I hunt sharp-tailed grouse. They're in the short grass prairie out in the hills in the western part of the state, and um, Oh, that's a lot of fun. I mean, that grass is about knee-high, and you're hunting large rolling hills that go on and on and on, and they're just a remarkable bird to hunt, just beautiful animal. So that, and, and then you get some Hungarian partridge mixed in. So a real variety of the upland birds, Kevin, with a little duck hunting mixed in for good measure. Okay. Did you do, did you do any duck hunting around here? No, I did not duck hunt. I was no. going to, and we had a... Um, things freezed up about the time I was going to get out, and 
uh, you know, the late season kind of came to a quick quick close with the early ice up on the wetlands. So, so I did miss out on that. How was your fishing this year? You know, it was an excellent fishing year. Um, you know, we had a nice nice spring transition into summer, good water levels. You know, I hit the walleyes early on some of our big lakes and and uh, you know, like red and and cass and leech and and then moved into, you know, the, the fishing for bass and bass fishing. You know, a nice warm summer we had. Bass fishing was good all summer. Pan fishing was good. Uh, it was just a good fishing year. Um, I kind of slowed down on the fishing in August, later on in August. My wife and I do a lot of rice harvesting. so um, And that goes right into pheasant season. So I only put the boat on the water two, three times, you know, after Labor Day um, because of the um, the conflict with those other ventures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many things to do, so little time, right? Oh, you know, living up here is a. Uh, we are so blessed with the resources we have, and, and so many things you can do. And, and you know, you got the hiking and the biking and the fishing and the hunting and and uh, just so many things and all the sports that you can go and watch. It's a. It, there's really no excuse for not finding something to do up here in the summer and in the fall. Yeah. Well. Um as as one who spent the bulk of his adult life in in fisheries and certainly many many years here uh we've talked about it many times over the years but have you seen anything right now that's got you concerned well you know um we're we're going to be battling invasive species you know for for the near future and the long term and and how they impact the lakes on the long run going to be watching that you know on the wildlife end of things it's really a shame the CWD situation you know, um, one of the things that that uh, I, I worry about is, you know, the the DNR has made decisions to to not require people to all go back in the offices, and so I'm afraid that by not having our staff, you know, fully, you know, in the offices year round and spending time there, that um, that staff are going to lose contact with the public, and that concerns me. You know, it's not a natural resource thing directly. But it sure is indirectly because, you know, the relationships we have in all these small communities are paramount to the success of delivering fish and wildlife programs. So, you know, that concerns me. Um, you know, DNR, fisheries and wildlife personnel and other disciplines, public servants, they should be accessible to the public. Um, and, you know, that's, that's just something as a sitting in the armchair quarterback position now, <laughs> It bothers me looking forward that we don't have a greater commitment to getting everybody back in our office. Much more to come on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast with Henry Drews. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander, the Jason that can grow a beard like a grown-up. And this is Paul Bunyan Country. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? 
will look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at Becoming a Fishing Legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country. My guest today is Henry Drews, the retired Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. As you get ready for some ice fishing, or maybe you're not going to get ready for ice fishing, but for those who are, uh, what do we need to do if we get this nasty snow? What, how, do we, uh, how, do we, how do we fight this? Well, you know, I, I think the big thing is, is call ahead before you go. Um, take advantage of the resorts and the knowledge that they have. Uh, find out, you know, just don't pull up to a lake and expect to get your wheelhouse out there. You know, check with the bait stores, check with the resort owners if there's resorts on the lake, and just make darn sure that, you know, that ice is good um, and that, you know, you're not going to spend your time trying to get out of slush. Um, local intelligence and knowledge, some foot traffic first, ATVs or snowmobiles, you know, get out and do your exploration work for you. Try to get out there with your truck and your big rigs. Um, I think that could save some hardship. That's something that I would definitely be thinking about if I was planning a trip up here, you know, from, you know, outside the area or even if you live up here. Right. No, we had the ice uh, getting set really nice for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, we had some good, good, good reports of early ice fishing and, uh, just as uh, you know, we're about to really get moving in that area. It's it's uh, this is a big curveball. It is, and you know the the big lakes that have the businesses that cater to it. They're they're going to be on top of it. You know whether it's a Red Leech, Winnie Lake of the Woods. You know they're they deal with bad ice. They deal with slush. I mean they're gonna they're gonna try to put roads out where there is slush pockets and try to keep people steered in the right direction. Um, so so folks. Um, Folks should take full advantage of their experience and their knowledge. Okay. Well, um, uh, uh, from a from an angler and hunter standpoint, uh, more of a consumer realm than than a guy who's been involved in the ma- uh, management of it for years. Uh, any new toys out there you're liking? You know, I not really. I the, the new. I have two new toys. I have a uh, Strike Master electric auger. I finally put the jiffy away. <laughs> I got that after I retired, and, the, and then I got a uh, Pit Boss pellet grill. Those are the two things Ooh. that I, um, I am, I've truly enjoyed since I got those. And, and I might have been a little slower behind the curve than most picking that sort of thing up, but um, they really are, are fantastic devices for, one, um, getting to the fish you want to catch and not exerting yourself too much, but also for, for taking care of the the smoking of your fish or your game, you know, when you get back. So, so that's kind of it on the toy scene for me, Kevin. Is <laughs> things that a lot of your listeners have had for a long time. I finally made the plunge. All right. Um, so, uh, do you have any plans for you know exotic fishing in the uh, in the winter months now that you can go south whenever you want? Yeah. Well, my wife and I usually go to Florida for a week in March or two weeks, and and. Um, and we go to Captive Island down near Fort Myers, and it, and I do a lot of red fishing and, and snook and other sea trout and a lot of other stuff. But, you know, they took the devastation of that hurricane, Ian, you know, right up front. And 
we're not sure if the businesses and the place we stay is even going to be open. So we decided to, to just um, not do that. Um, and we're planning a spring trip out to upper state New York to visit our daughter who's expecting, you know, our second grand grandchild. So that'll be a trip, and then uh, later in the summer, I am going to go back to to Alaska with some friends and fish to Kenai there with uh, and visit Mike Ruza, one of your perennial guests on your show. Um, he we fish out of the camp where Mike stays and and uh, enjoy some fine sockeye and silver fishing and halibut fishing. So, well, um, b- visiting grandkids and a trip to Alaska, what I've got on the radar screen. You'll be able to rest your voice when you're there with Ruza. He'll do all the talking. Yes, I, uh, I I don't have to engage in any um, startup conversations with Mr. Ruth. <laughs> All right. Um, so when you when you think back uh, to to you know your career, what you were doing, is there anything right now you're missing, or are you just uh, fine with being retired? Oh, I'm quite fine being retired. <laughs> I, I miss the people. I stay in touch with a bunch of them, but not everybody that I you know acquaint was acquainted with. I really miss the people, and you know, to some degree, I, I also I miss the public interactions. Not all of them were pleasant, but <laughs> most were were fantastic. And I still love running into people that I I worked with in different areas and and uh, media and that. And um, you know, it's just it's the people. You know, the fish are the fish, and we have lots of accomplishments. Everybody that works hopefully has a a list of those when they finish thirty five years, but. Um, it's the people. That's the meaningful thing, Kevin. That uh, kind of miss the most. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think about down the road when my day comes. That's definitely you know, think about all the guys that you're working with on a daily basis and all the people you see when you're out and uh, doing things in public. And that that that'll be the big change for me too. I think, no question. Yeah, yeah, Kev. Life without Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can handle that. I'm sure I can. I think I'll probably be able to make that adjustment. <laughs> um, so when when you when it comes to fishing, um, you know you there's so many to fish for, and we've talked about so many different species. What's when it's your choice? What are you going for? Well, I think you asked me that one other time, and I I, did. my question back to you was fresh or saltwater. <laughs> oh. And uh, if it's freshwater, um, number one is going to be largemouth bass. Uh, yeah. Followed very closely by walleye and, and then uh, bluegills and crappies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if it's saltwater, I'm kind of into snook and redfish. And but I don't get to do that as much as I I can partake in the bass and the walleye fishing up here. Well, one of the things that uh, that you mentioned uh, was was you know interactions with the public. And one of the things that I think is so special about living here is is how uh, dedicated. The general public is to making sure you know we have strong lakes, we have strong woods, we have strong populations. I feel like we've got, uh, and, I, and we've talked about this before. I feel like we've just got an area of really sharp, dedicated people, uh, just you know, as as lay people uh, who really are helpful in maintaining what we have. Oh, absolutely. We've got sportsmen's clubs and lake associations, and then the more organized groups like the Bass Federation and Muskie Inc. and Trout Unlimited. They're fantastic advocates for, for taking care of the resources. And then, you know, when we did these large lake uh, uh, management plans, it was a, a public participation process, and we put these citizens' advisory committees together. And they, they were comprised of locals and regional folks 
representing the resort industry, the bait industry, the tackle industry, lay anglers, lake associations. And I tell you what, the ones I got to work with, the pleasure I got out of working with the folks in Walker on Leach, the Bemidji Cass Lake area on, on Cass Lake, Kellier North Home Washkish on, on uh, Red Lake, and then the folks around Baudette on Lake of the Woods. Those committees, they, they roll up their sleeves, they, they, and, you know, to make an analogy, they lift the hood up on the car and they get into that engine and start tearing it apart. And then, and then once they learn what's, you know, how that everything works with fish biology and management decisions, what dials we can turn and we can't turn, oh, they're invaluable. I can't say enough about the partition, the citizen participation that we get for uh, trying to advance fish management. And I say we, it's not we anymore, but when I was part of the DNR, it was a, it was really fantastic to be a part of that public, um, private participation process that we we used on those large lakes. Henry Drews is the retired uh, Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager, but a guy who is probably even more active in the outdoors now that he's got uh, even more time to go out and do it. Henry, it was great to have you back on the show, and uh, we'll have to check in with you down the road again. Yes, and I wish all your uh, listeners a a happy holiday season and uh, success on the water. Well, Henry, before we wrap up, I, I don't have a I don't have a fast five today, but I got a fast three Christmas questions for you. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite Christmas TV show? Oh, Rudolph. Your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, Christmas Vacation. And oh, I got I actually have four questions. Uh, favorite Christmas Carol. Uh, white Christmas. And your favorite Christmas treat? Uh, that would be uh, pumpkin pecan pie. Pumpkin pecan pie? Oh. Pump, pumpkin pecan pie with a dollop of vanilla ice cream. Sounds really good. It sounds really good. Well, yeah. <laughs> Henry, you have a wonderful Christmas season. Thank you for taking the time, and uh, we'll talk to you in the new year. I look forward to that, Kevin, and happy holidays to you. Some great podcasts on the way, including Nate Blazing and Bro Brosdahl talking ice fishing. we got a couple of Lake of the Weeks for you. Blaine Clemick will talk about one of his favorite outdoor hobbies. And Mandy Urich's got some tales to tell, too. It's all coming up down the road on the podcast. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen, and galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at gravitationally bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details.